Hello, everyone. I believe we are live now. Welcome to our broadcast. Look at this. A live discussion about, oh boy, emotional hazards with New Year's resolutions. This is going to be a doozy, Doc Robin. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. My name, I am your host, by the way. I'm Dr. James Simmons, a board-certified nurse practitioner and founder of Ask the NP, everything you're too scared to ask your MD. Here's the formalities. As a reminder, the information, <clears throat> let me put on my formal voice here. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. If you have any questions regarding medical conditions or treatment plans, please consult your physician or primary care provider. Okay, now let's get started. Woo! There we Woo! go. Particulars out of the way. Joining me today, you know her, you love her, you are inspired by her because I know I am Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive of Behavioral Health for Providence, Oregon. Say hi, Dr. Rob. Hi, Dr. James. It is so good to see you, and it's so good to see you in 2022. I mean, we made it. <laughs> barely, barely. Sometimes I feel like I was just hanging on to get to get to 2022. Uh, but, Dr. Robin, for those who may be new to you or new to our fun times here during lunch, uh, lunch for most folks, I suppose, here on the West Coast, um, let everybody know who you are and what you do for Providence. Well, I am a licensed psychologist by training. I also run all things mental health in the great state of Oregon for Providence. And I'm the chief clinical officer of Work To Be Well, which is our youth mental health prevention education arm. And I get to work and talk about mental health all the time. It's my favorite thing to do. Ooh, that is super fun. And we have a little bit of a kind of a twist on mental health uh, in our conversation today because I think this one's really, I love this topic. I love it. So we all know, so what is today? The 25th of January, right? Yep. For a lot of us, you know, there, we might be feeling some shame about maybe not having stuck to our New Year's resolutions. I feel like resolutions are sort of problematic, period, but I'm just gonna, we're gonna get to there in a minute. So we are talking today about like emotional hazards and New Year's resolutions, some of which I just brought up. So, Doc Robin, you know, coming up with like, ah, it's a new year, I'm going to change how I do X, Y, and Z, or I'm going to try to, you know, set this particular goal as my New Year's resolution. Sounds like a great idea. Most of us have been doing it most of our lives, but does it actually backfire? Oh, my stars, it backfires and it backfires all the time. I, all of us start out with this idea of, I'm going to do it different this year. I'm going to set that resolution and I'm going to hang with it. And within about a week, 75% of us are still there. We're still going strong. And, and even after two weeks, well, 70% of us are still there. And at a month, there's maybe about 65 and the numbers kind of peter out from there to where you get to the end of the year. And at the end of the year, only 9% of us report that we actually followed through on that New Year's resolution. Wow. And in between all of that is a whole, whole ocean of guilt and shame and emotional hazards that, frankly, we all could probably avoid. Mm, I think that's so interesting. Avoiding those emotional hazards and those those pitfalls. Like, And what are those? What, what are those pitfalls? I, I, I know... Personally, I go back and forth where I'm like, all right, there really is no difference between December 31st and January 1st of the next year. Like if this is something that I feel like that I want to change about 
myself or the way I behave or how I talk to people, which was kind of one of my New Year's resolutions. Uh-huh. I, I have been a little bit cantankerous and cranky, you know, working in a pandemic for two years. And I was like, you know what? I need to emotionally deal with that in the way that I need to deal with that and process it. What I don't need to do is take it out of my partner or on the family or on my, you know, my barista at Starbucks, like whatever. Right. So that was kind of one of my, you know, uh, New Year's resolutions. But I feel like just because I was cantankerous and cranky on the 31st doesn't mean I'm all of a sudden not on the first. But like, what are some of the other mistakes that people make in setting these like New Year's resolutions? I think you bring up like the biggest hazard in there, this whole magical thinking that a new date, a new year, a new start, all those other types of things, that's going to be the kicker that makes the difference. And that's going to be the thing that makes change happen because magically it's now one, one, 2022, right? It's kind of like when you sit in your car and you drive a little farther so you can watch the odometer go over to 50,000 miles and you can see all the zeros line up. Yeah, nothing magical happens there. It's just math. <laughs> it's just numbers. Right. So what happens for us, though, is we forget to put in the work. And the work is the planful, thoughtful way that we know change happens. It's not a magic button you press on the New Year's Day. It really doesn't actually work that way. If true change happens, and you know this so well, you got to put in the work. Mm, mm, I, I I do love that. The work, we, we think about physical work a lot, right? Like a lot of uh, New Year's resolutions are very physically driven, right? Everybody wants to everybody wants to lose weight or whatever, or do something about their body, right? Because society keeps telling us that there's something wrong with all of our bodies. Different discussion. But a lot of them are physical, but I think also the mental and emotional, you know, uh, resolutions or things that we make also begin with the work. And there isn't something magical about, you know, that, that, you know, calendar just flipping over. But, but I wonder how do we sort of start to rid ourselves of that magical thinking because I we literally have my 20 something year old niece was asking her eight year old something her niece mm-hmm. like what was his new year's resolution I'm like man we start this really early you know how do we start yeah. changing that magical thinking well it really kind of starts with with what is the goal what is your end goal where do you want to end up and let's say healthier eating is your goal well We all, you know, the reality is that just doesn't happen on a daily basis unless you plan for it. If you're going to change what you eat, then you got to start to plan for it. You got to put in the work. You got to research what healthy eating is. You got to shop differently. You got to cook differently. If you're living within the context of a family, you've got a lot of other people who have to change their behaviors or not as well. All of that planning is the first step for any successful change to happen. Same thing with exercise. If I'm going to start and say, okay, I'm going to exercise more this year, what's my plan? If I'm not a runner, I can tell you going out and trying to run a marathon on my first try out there, guess what? I'm going to fail. That would be bad. You got to plan and break it up into those small steps. Maybe it's five minutes a day, three days a week, or maybe it's 10 minutes a day, three days a week, or whatever small thing you break it down into. Breaking things down into something that's actually attainable that you can be successful at makes for true change because success mm. is what makes us continue to do it. Mm. Can can you expand on that a little bit for me? Because the, I, I am that person that like if I can't do something perfectly, 
like everything you just said made me really happy, but also overwhelmed me. Cause I was like, okay, if I'm going to change eating, I have to change my partner's eating and I have to change everyone how else it works. I have to go throw all of the groceries in the house out, all of them, every single last one of them. And then I have to go to the grocery store and I have to buy a thousand dollars worth of new groceries. And then I have to buy cute new workout clothes. And then I have to do this and I need a new fork because that other fork, right? Like I'm that person and I won't start until all these things are in place. Even though I literally will counsel people, you know, my patients on like incremental changes can really make a big deal. I, I can't get it into my own brain. So you said it, theoretically, break things down into smaller chunks. But for someone like me, and I feel like there are a lot of people out there like that, how, how do we start to break this up, break these goals, the work, as you put it, mm -hmm. into smaller chunks that, that are achievable? You know, it's that whole idea of, of, you know, you can't sprint through a marathon. It's that whole idea of, of really kind of starting to understand that part of this is also our conditioned ability to not believe in ourselves. When you talk to your patients and you tell them, here's what you need to do. You need to break it down into small attainable things. You know, we're just going to start with make a friend with one vegetable. We're going to make mm -hmm. a friend with one vegetable for this week or for this month or whatever. And then, and then you can add another vegetable or however it is that you're going to break it up. Our problem fundamentally is that we don't believe in ourselves enough to go, this is, this is right. This is good enough for me. I'm the same way. I can go, okay, I'm going to change everything right now today. Even though I know in practice, it takes that little bit and piece of myself. And that's because there's that niggly little voice in the back of your head of, you know, this doesn't actually apply to me. I can do this differently. I can do this all at once. I have the will. And guess what? doesn't matter how much will you've got the bottom line core belief in yourself that you care enough to take this and do this slowly and do this one little piece at a time and you know what you begin to not notice that you're making change happen if you begin to start to do just maybe it's just going to be monday night veg night right and on monday nights we're going to eat vegetables but guess what what happens if next monday night you really 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 want that hamburger and you go and you meet up with a friend and you have that hamburger. Does that mean you failed? Because that's the second thing. Mm. We need to learn to forgive ourselves. Mm. We are imperfect beings at our core. And we oh. teach our patients and those around us, we are imperfect. It's You have hit on so many things right here, Doc Robin, that are, are you said something there. That doesn't apply to me. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, I can't. I, I try to live my life so, sort of in a way that's like, I, I'm not special. I'm actually not right special. We we tell, we tell all tell ourselves like we're all special, but at the end of the day, like getting the work done is getting the work done. And I'm not special in that I don't need to do the work or that the things that we know that work don't apply to me. Like, oh, well, it, I'm gonna be different if I like you know a vegetable for two days and then all of a sudden I haven't lost 40 pounds. Like what's wrong? No, 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 James, you're not special. They're like, that's not how that works. But you were hinting at something there that I think we all do, this sort of like self-sabotage, right? So like, I'm different. I don't need to put in the work like everybody else, that little voice in the back of our head. And then, oh, well, Doc Robin told me to be a friend of vegetable and I did for three days and now uh, I haven't lost 40 pounds. So screw it, I'm done. That sounds like some negative self-talk, some self-sabotage yep. stuff. Like, why, why are we doing this? And that self-sabotage, that's our biggest criminal right there. That little niggly voice in the back of your head that says, oh, you couldn't do it. Let's take another great example. A lot of people have a lot of hype around dry January. And mm. looking all of a sudden at going out of the holiday season into what is the longest month of the year and saying, okay, I'm going to do dry January. 
I bet a lot of people tried that. But then the first time something came up, they met a friend after work. They didn't have a plan for what they were going to order at that happy hour or a plan for what they were going to do. And all of a sudden it becomes that self-sabotaging of, oh, well, you couldn't do it. So just give the whole thing up. Mm. And that's kind of the absolute thing we play in where it's you're either all good or you're all bad and there's no gray in between. None of us would ever look at our family members, our, our co-workers, our loved ones, or our patients and say, you are either all good or you're all bad. <laughs> right? right. No, it's true. So, right. Why do we do it to ourselves? Why do we? goes back to that little negative self-talk in there. And I think part of that negative self-talk, and we're all so ingrained in so many different kinds of negative self-talk. You were talking about your goal of wanting to be a kinder, gentler person, Right. And, and wanting to like change the way that you react and how you are with people and things like that. And guarantee you, there's a lot of negative self-talk that goes in there, especially when you go back and you, do you replay conversations in your mind? All the time. Yep. <laughs> All Wish the time, I'd done yeah. that different. Wish I'd said that. Maybe if I did that. Or, you know, my other personal favorite is you wake up at four in the morning and you have conversations with people in your mind. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I, I sometimes I feel like I, this is a good thing in that I'm preparing myself for all of the different scenarios of how the conversation might go so that I know how to react appropriately so that I, you know, if they say something that's really shocking to me that I, you know, can keep my poker face or like whatever. But I feel like the issue is I'm waking up at 4 a.m. with anxiety about a conversation that I either had or yep. I'm about to have. And sometimes that turns into this. I feel like this is a big phrase lately, this negative self-talk. Like I moved from the conversation with someone else to the conversation of like, well, James, you were trying to do dry January and you got to the 25th and then you had a drink. So you screwed it all up. The whole thing doesn't matter. The 24 and a half days before it don't matter. Like, how do we, how do we prevent that? Just like, can we say this phrase anymore? We used to say, throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Is that like a, probably not a good phrase anymore. I don't know. But how do we just not throw cut off your nose to spite your face that's another old school one like how do we stop doing the like just throw it all away when you had half a cocktail during dry january and this comes to that idea of we've got to figure out how we enjoy the process and that maybe the goal itself was wrong the goal isn't mm. necessarily dry january because 31 days is magically going to make a difference and 31 days is magically gonna if you if you screw up once you've ruined the entire 31 days what did you learn in the process coming up to that? And what are you going to take with you next? What's going to inform the next piece? Same thing with like, you know, Meatless Monday. If you're going to do Meatless Monday and you miss that, does that mean Meatless Monday is inherently bad? No. But you've got to figure out how you enjoy this process so that the goal doesn't become the thing. It's not like all of a sudden, wow, I completed dry January. Now I can go back to my daily drinking habit. And it <laughs> Right. That was never the goal. The goal was the self-awareness you got from the process. Mm -hmm. And the goal is the self-awareness you get from meatless Monday and learning how to eat vegetables differently. And from, you know, doing your, doing your elliptical trainer or whatever it is that you do, you've got to figure out how you get into a process you enjoy. And it mm -hmm. doesn't matter what that end goal looks like because it's the process. It's the journey not the destination. I knew it was coming, Doc Robert. I knew you were going to say it. It's a, <laughs> it's the journey, not the destination. The process 
is the goal. There's some famous athlete who said something like that. The journey is the destination or something like that. And it's, it's kind of true. You know, I feel like I've, I've had, you know, I have been in, uh, been able to compete physically in sports and things at an elite level in my past. And that was also 25 years ago. I, 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 I cannot compare my body at this age and all the injuries I've been through and all the whatever and working, you know, every day in a pandemic for two years to the body I had 25 years ago when there was different kinds of stress and I was able to train yeah. every day. And that was something that, but we do that. We, we like, we, we compare ourselves to ourselves, which I feel like is another one of those ways that we, we sabotage ourselves and, yeah. and how do we move from a compare leads to despair mindset into just like, wow, I got on that elliptical three times this week. And that's part of my process. And that was pretty cool. Like, how do we move to that? And that that comes in a couple different ways. One of them is how you support yourself. What is your social support? Get an accountability buddy. Get your own personal cheerleader. Get somebody that you're going to hook up with and go, you know, at the end of the week, if, if your goal is to do more time on your elliptical trainer or running or whatever, have a buddy that you can check in with and say, you know, I did it. I did my three this week. It was really great. Or, you know, I only did two and, and I'm feeling really bad about it. Your buddy looks at you and says, heck, you did two more than you did last week. Come on. You're doing great. <laughs> but find your own personal cheerleader, that person who's going to be your support system and be your accountability buddy. And the second thing, track your progress, track Mm. your progress, find a way so that you've got a way to go and look back and go, wow, I wasn't doing anything here. And look at what I've done. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, there, there really is something to, you know, I, I have been not only am I a hospitalist, right. And I work in the hospital, but I also do a lot of things on the outside. And I really enjoy media and educating people through various mediums like this and, one of the things that I started doing for myself was actually tracking what I do on a monthly basis. Yeah. Because I, I sometimes would feel like I've taken three meetings and I've written this article and I hosted uh, a, a Facebook Live for Providence and I did all of these things. And then I literally would go to bed and be like, oh, I'm not doing anything to move this media career forward. Like yeah. I, it, it blows my mind and it actually leads me into, we have a question, Dr. Robin, from uh, uh, someone in the audience, by the way, you are watching Dr. Robin Henderson. I am Dr. James Simmons. We're talking about the emotional hazards of New Year's resolutions. You're watching on LinkedIn. You're watching on Facebook. You're watching on YouTube. You might even be watching the replay. Either way, we thank you so much for watching. If you are live, drop your questions in there. We have a little over 10 minutes left. Doc Robin can get to those questions for you. And our first one, Robin, kind of going back to where I was about that kind of self-forgiveness thing. The question is, how do we forgive ourselves when we disappoint ourselves so deeply? Where do we begin? It it starts really with that recognition that you are your own harshest critic. You are the one who holds you to unattainable standards. And I like to kind of reframe and think about, you know, if this was my kid, if this was my, um, you know, partner, if this was my sister or brother, how would I tell them? What advice would I give them to forgive themselves? And I think about what advice that I would say to them if they were hurting so badly and had disappointed themselves so deeply, what I would say to them. And then I take that track and I play it for me because you know what? I deserve what it is that I, that I'm giving to that person. I deserve forgiveness. I deserve to be, to be whole because that forgiveness 
aspect with ourselves is really the important part of being able to move forward. Otherwise, we're in this whole cycle of stinking thinking and that dysfunctional little guy who's up there living in the apartment in your head telling you what you can't do. I used to have a meditation back in the day that I that I taught teens that talked a lot, and I actually use this with adults too, where if you think about the negative voice in your head, that negative voice is built an apartment. For some people, it's a castle. Trust me. Mm. And they're right. living up there, taking out rent. You know, they're you're paying the rent at this stage in the game. But the negative voice in your head, sometimes you need to physically think about how are you going to shut the door and shut them out and evict them and send them packing, send that negative voice packing and replace the negative voice with all the positive affirmations, with all the good things that you would tell someone you love if they were beating themselves up. I really, I really, really like that. I, we are so, you know, like I said, one of my sort of New Year's resolution-ish things, I guess, was to to just speak kind, kindler. Is that a word? <laughs> speak, speak more kindly to people. I like kindler. We're gonna go with kindler. it. We just Doc Robert, we just made up a word. We speak kindler, kinder, whatever, to people. Um, but I think it's so funny that I didn't, I didn't even think to do it to myself. Um, and we are, we are harshest critics. So I, I like this, the, the, the whatever tape where you and I remember cassette tapes, right? So whatever cassette tape there was there, mm -hmm. whatever we recorded onto that, we're going to replay that for yep. ourselves. Uh, other, cause this is a big, I think this is really where we get into the emotional hazards of New Year's resolutions is like you said, by the end of the year, only 9% of people say that they've stuck to their resolution. Yep. And maybe that resolution was like, I'm going to use the bathroom every day, right? Like it was some, it was not some like big, you know, goal that we all set for ourselves. So what, what are some of your other go-tos in terms of, of self-forgiveness? And I would love for you to transition that also into realistic goal setting, because I feel like forgiveness and realistic goal setting are sort of like on the same spectrum, but at different ends, if that makes sense. No, that, that actually really, really does make sense. Learning to forgive yourself is a daily practice. Learning positive self-talk, positive affirmations. I, I know many times in my life where I'm going to put it on a sticky note. I'm going to stick it up in front of me. I'm going to write it on my whiteboard, whatever it is, to remind myself that I have value, that I am amazing, that I am fabulous, and all the other good things. I often will send random people texts that say, you know what? Your hair looks great today. And I haven't seen them. I don't know if their hair looks great, but I do know that often just the act of, of somebody going, your hair looks really good today, makes me stand up a little taller, feel a little bit better, look at all those other things. And I look myself in the mirror and go, you know what? Your hair looks great today. Whatever it is that works for you, find those things so that you can replace those negative thoughts with positive self-affirmation. But I think the other thing that goes along with this is remember that Habits, bad habits, whatever type of habits that we got ourselves into didn't come in a day, right? Mm. The habits of, of drinking soda pop, we weren't born drinking soda pop, most of us, or whatever it is that's got us into emotionally unhealthy eating didn't happen in a day, and it's not going to change in a day. Mm. Being able to get back into shape didn't happen in a day, and it's not going to change in a day. So how do you play the long game? And give yourself permission to do the hard work and the change over time, little bit by little bit, like little bit, right? 
It's but it's so hard in our TikTok world, Doc Robin, right? Everything is eight seconds long and immediate and fast and a dance and right. We live in this world of we like do. now, 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 now. I got mad because my Netflix last night wouldn't let it took 10 seconds to load my new show. And I was like, what's wrong with the internet? Like I was freaking out. And then we're but literally I'm like, yes, James. Also, I think I was born drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> and if I want to rid this habit, like it's gonna take me 43 and a half more years to get, you know, not get rid of it. But you know, I I, yeah. I see what you're saying. There's a a question from a viewer actually that relates perfectly to this, Dr. Robin. How do you keep the momentum going? Well into the new year, when this person called it the Debbie Downer voice, I love it. When Debbie Downer, when she starts to kick in, how do we just eh, get ahead of her and keep it going well past even this first month of the year? Well, you know, much like when we've been talking about healthy eating and exercise and things, think about what is healthy going into your heart and mind. Think about what it is that you're seeing. This is the time of year when everybody posts on Instagram and Facebook and all the other places. They've got the before and after pic of, you know, here I am here in this in this sad body. And here I am looking beach buff and aren't I amazing? <laughs> and all those pictures, get rid of all those pictures because you know what? That's not what's feeding your soul. What you got to figure out, especially in our right now have it social media world, is how do you get to the positivity? Subscribe to feeds that are giving you positive input, that are looking at affirmations. This is why I love Work To Be Well. Work To Be Well, in their social media presence, does so many positive, affirmative things, little tips and tricks, how you deal with anxiety, how you change your breathing pattern, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. What you listen to is what you become. So subscribe to a new podcast that's that's looking at, you know, like Brene Brown and some of those things like that, like Dr. James. Subscribe to Dr. James's Ask the MP podcast and get some hey, positivity in your life and get some of those other type of thinking in here. If all you're seeing and thinking are the things where you're playing the FOMO game or the, you know, I'm going to compare myself or all the Instagram games we play, then that's how you're going to feel. Mm. And you're the one who controls what it is that you see, what you hear what you taste, all those other good types of things. That's within your control. Change it. Ooh, I love that. Because sometimes I feel like a lot of our anxieties tied to everything in life, but a lot of our anxieties, particularly tied to these New Year's resolutions and these things that we're trying to do in ourselves to, to what we think are bettering ourselves, all of that's tied to a, a sense of control or a control that we don't think that we have or that we don't have. But if we allow ourselves to say, I do actually have control over this. It might be difficult. It might, it might be different and sometimes different just feels weird, right? It just feels different, yep. but we do have the ability to control most of those things, including the algorithm, including the metaverse, yep. which by the way, I'm listening to a podcast trying to explain what the metaverse is. And Doc Robin, I thought of you, I was like, we need to do a show so I can mentally deal with whatever this metaverse is coming. That's a completely different show. But for those of you watching, I don't know if you've looked into this, this utopian slash dystopian future of the metaverse. I don't know, I'm very, very anxious about it <laughs> to say the least. Um, we have about two minutes left. Uh, just for those of you who are watching again, thank you so much. You're watching on YouTube, LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, I am Dr. James Simmons, that is the Fantastic, incredible Dr. Robin Henderson. We're talking about emotional hazards with New Year's resolutions. We just have a couple minutes left. So if you have a question for Dr. Robin, please get that in real quick. We'll try to answer it for you. 
in our last, oh, two minutes-ish, 90 seconds-ish, Doc Robin, um, in general, like, like what, are, what are your parting thoughts, your big tips on, I really like sort of how we're going to be kinder to ourselves mm-hmm. about these, mm, I, I don't like saying New Year's resolutions, but that's what we're talking about. So how are we going to be kinder right. to ourselves about these New Year's resolutions going forward? We really have to think about how we practice acceptance, forgiveness, kindness, all of those other types of things within ourselves. We are, you know, don't forget, we're two years into a pandemic that two years ago, we were not having these conversations. And we're still trying to figure out how we make it through a day, much less how we make it through a New Year's resolution that's got a, a, you know, five-year end game. So what are the little things that you can do for self-care right now today that might make some very incremental changes that get you towards the bigger things you want? For instance, practicing self-care. We've talked a lot about that. How you care for yourself. You know, do you take a, a nice long bath? Do you do a face mask? Whatever it is. But start taking care of you so that you can begin to think about some of the other types of things. That's probably the biggest thing I'd say right now. I love it. I love it. And the only thing I'm going to add to that is that the the I think the taking care of you also starts in here, right? It starts yeah. with getting rid of that Debbie Downer voice, as one of our uh, viewers called it. Um, yep. You said the niggly little guy back here, whatever you Evict call it. Evict the niggly little guy. Give him his eviction right. papers. Gotta, gotta go. It's not that like everything's always hunky-dory and coming up roses all the time, but that negative self-talk really makes a huge difference in how you perceive yourself and what you're doing in life and those goals and your progress towards the goals. And of course, the journey, right, Robin, which is enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. All right, that is it. I am officially this is pretty good for us, Robin. Uh, We only get Doc Robin, we only went 28 seconds over this time. That's (laughs) good for us. It is good for us, right? Sometimes we've gone very, very far over, but we will not. We will respect everyone's time. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Um, Emotional hazards with New Year's resolutions. Thank you, Dr. Robin, for joining us today. Appreciate it so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening and sending in your questions. Uh, If we didn't get to them, our apologies, but we can get to them with follow-up afterwards. If you're looking for help with your mental health or other medical advice, please visit providence.org. You can follow Doc Robin on Instagram at Doc Rob Henderson. And you can follow me, of course, on Instagram at Ask the NP. And please, of course, make sure you follow Providence on social media at Providence on Twitter and under Providence Health System on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We really appreciate y'all tuning in and hope you have a fantastic Tuesday. Take care. Take care.